0: Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, how targeted media can be very lucrative.
1: We're targeting very niche uh, executives that uh, have specific buying power within their industry. For example, we have a utility publication that reaches about 70,000 North American utility executives, anywhere from uh, directors, VPs, even CEOs of some of these major utilities.
0: The world of media is changing rapidly, but through it all, there's one reality that remains constant. Content remains king, without question. The internet is a great tool for getting messages and information into really influential people. We're going to talk with Sean Griffey, he's CEO of Industry Dive, who's very much at the forefront of this trend and has had a long, illustrious career in strategy and media. We're going to talk about his company's innovative approach to content creation and why his experience shows that people value high-quality information even today. Sean, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well,
1: let's begin with what is Industry Dive. Great name, by the way. Thank you. Industry Dive is a digital media company. We're uh, based in the district. Uh, we cover niche markets for executives in there. So we have teams of reporters that uh, will cover the daily news stories and the trends that shape uh, shape the industries. There are a fair number of companies here in town that provide
0: targeted journalism or targeted content. What makes your business different from a more traditional media business?
1: We started uh, at the very beginning, what we set out to do was build a, a mobile company first, to be honest. If you look back to 2012, it was a time where mobile was becoming more and more important to how people consumed information. It was a time when Facebook was going public and people wondered, could they even make money off of mobile? And what we saw was an opportunity uh, to take some of the traditional aspects of journalism and apply it to a mobile-first aspect. So we started with a phone uh, in terms of how our content strategy worked, how the ads worked, how we acquired audiences, and we went from there. Uh, today, we've kind of moved past that. I think we're, uh, we're still very uh, mobile-focused and we think about digital technologies um, but our content and our audiences and our users uh, cross platforms, um, both in live and uh, you know social and, and online. Interesting to me that you talk about it from the standpoint of mobile
0: shaping. From my experience helping to launch a number of mobile companies here in town is that when I think about mobile, at least earlier on, it was snacking content—you know, really short bits that people could consume rapidly and move on. But I get the impression that industry dive, you get much more into issues than I would think about as a snacking. So. Am I am I missing something, or have you
1: evolved? No, I think it's I think it's the evolution of that. Now we still try to make uh, our information accessible so that people who only have a short amount of time can come into the story and out of it. But what we've really done is focus on insight. Um, I think that there's uh, information on some level is a commodity. Uh, facts are a commodity, not information, but in the industries we're in and for the executives we're serving, taking those facts about what happened and tying them to the larger trends that shape their industry and helping explain how this story applies to that trend and what it means for their business and their careers next is what's important. And so our content has gotten uh, meatier as we invest more in the insight of the publication. sounds to me like what you're getting
0: at is a difference between facts and insight.
1: Correct. I think our, uh, our reporters uh, and journalists are as, as much analysts as they are uh, just pure reporters saying what happened. If, for us, it's why it happened uh, and why it's important and it matters more.
0: When I hear analysts, it starts to trip, for me, more towards a, a research shop or something like that. But my understanding, give me an example of how your business is, say, different from the Washington Post or the Business Journal.
1: What, where we're the same is that we focus on high-value uh, content. Um, Where we're dramatically different is our focus is on our audience. So whereas the Washington Post is creating content that can be consumed by just about anyone, whether it's a student or a retiree or a professional, we are creating content that is very, very niche and targeted uh, for a specific audience. Um, And and that changes how we monetize and operate the business. Um, The Washington Post and some of the traditional media, as you see, a much more of an emphasis today on subscriptions. Uh, and paywalls going forward. And part of that is because when you think of this broad audience, collectively, they're not incredibly valuable together. Um, I always talk to people about the Washington Post. One of the things that they can sell to most of their audience is tires. And if you're an advertiser and you sell a set of tires, you may have made $600 on that sale. And so the value of that advertisement you know, for per sale is $600. For us, we're targeting very niche uh, executives that uh, have specific buying power within their industry. For example, we have a utility publication that reaches about 70,000 North American utility executives, anywhere from uh, directors, VPs, even CEOs of some of these major utilities. They read us every day for the specific insight that we get. um, But they also buy Uh, significant equipment. So people here can grumble about the uh, utility company. Every time the power goes out, uh, everyone likes to complain about their local utility. At the end of the day, though, those guys are spending billions of dollars each year on infrastructure equipment, software, to try to reliably uh, provide electricity and power to us. So for an advertiser, uh, Siemens of the world, uh, the average sale that they make could be $20 million. And so if you think about the value of the advertisement for that $20 million sale, it's a lot higher. And so as a result, we can charge more for our advertising on a per-person basis.
0: When you started your business, did you have any idea that you were basically creating a business that was, was going to give lie to the
1: argument, the Internet just is just as cheap in information? Uh it was, you know, the, the funny thing when I first got into digital media, it, uh, that wasn't the view. I think the pendulum has shifted towards that, but I'm a big believer in, in uh, business itself. Uh, everything co- comes and goes and how, how people view things comes and goes and mistakes we make come and go. And so when I first got into media uh, 2006, you know, free and ad supported was all of the rage. And now it's a hundred percent opposite. And people say, well, information's cheap. Uh, and everyone has it, and there's too much of it, and it's, it, as such, you can't make money off of it. We've proven as a business that you can have a quite a healthy one.
0: My perception is that people will pay for insight, a lot of money, if you give them real insight.
1: They'll they'll come back, and they'll trust you. And if you can give them real insight, you will be a part of their daily routine, and you'll be the place they turn when something interesting or exciting or scary happens. They'll look for you for guidance and your opinion. Um, and when that happens, when you build that relationship with an audience, uh, you can monetize it. We do it via, uh, via the advertising because we think that's um, one of the most effective ways. And when we're connecting the, the types of advertisers we want with our audience, it actually helps them. Um, but there's other ways we can do it, too, in the long run. Live events, uh, you know, video, all types of things out there. Well, Sean, very much appreciate you coming on the show today. It was great to have you. Thanks for having me.
0: And we want to say a special thank you to these show's sponsors. What's Working in Washington wouldn't happen without the support of other organizations here in town who want to make a difference by highlighting how our region grows. Montgomery County Economic Development Corporation, their business development team can help you find the best talent and ideal location and the latest in market and business intelligence. Your business starts with MCEDC. Connect with them at thinkmoco.com. And TEDCO. TEDCO invests in early stage and life sciences companies. It produces resources and connections that companies need to thrive in Maryland. TEDCO's mission is to discover, invest in, and help build great companies. Learn more at www.tedco.md. And Jones Lang LaSalle, they are a leading commercial real estate service company within the Washington, D.C. metro area, serving the technology, government contract, and their professional services industries. JLL's strategy-led approach and expert implementation results in cost-effective and flexible real estate solutions that help their clients succeed and grow. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan. Online writer, Barbara Ulrich. Music provided by two D.C. region bands, two-car living room, and the Sunbathers. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening. See you next time.